please come to your feet right now and please give a freedom welcome to Greg Hubbard in the house. Come on. kind please say thank you so much what pastor tony doesn't realize i just really did that for the extra food that's the only reason i did it and um you know because you work in the kitchen and you get like you get extra stuff and uh, so it worked out great for me and and i didn't actually i didn't even like the young people i just wanted the good food but um but uh, just kidding, what, what a joy, all those youth camps. And uh, you know what, I've heard so many over the years, we have many different youth leader or director of friends, and they were so blessed by Pastor Tony and Alicia's ministry in those camps and how God continues to use them. And I mentioned it on Friday, I think. Thank you for still loaning out your pastor a few weeks a year to bless young people around the nation. And next year in Romania, around the world. And uh, we're so thrilled. We're, we've been humbled being here at this church. And and um, I just, I, I just, we just love Pastor Tony and Pastor Alicia so much. I love their spirit. Pastor Alicia, you have given your all every night. I got saved five times during this morning's rehearsal. And um, uh, during the, the worship rehearsal, I got saved, called into the ministry. And, um, and uh, just uh, amazing. So, but I just love them, love their spirit, love their, love their kids. They blessed us uh, uh, this weekend, uh, their, their children. And uh, we have been so honored. I'm going to say more about that tonight. I would have a special prayer uh, for your pastor and wife tonight and um, a special moment of prayer over their lives. And I'm always looking forward to that. I, I want to say a, a big thank you to, to them, of course, for letting us even be here. This is such an honor for my wife and I and, um, and uh, so a joy. But is, is there a Debbie in the house that you, you've got like this gift basket anointing? Debbie Showers, is she here? Maybe she's not here. Is she, Debbie, my goodness, are you kidding me? That was a, a gift basket on steroids. I'm not even kidding you. And um, we walked in the hotel room, and um, and by the way, the family we're sharing the room with are nice people. We're getting along really well, and so we're, we're grateful for that. I, I get that cutting expenses. It's all good. Uh, they have six kids, uh, three dogs, and a pet iguana. Uh, we're getting along well. And um, but no, really, we walked in the room, and there's this amazing gift basket. Now, listen, we never deserve anything like that. We don't expect that. You can't, we're small potatoes, and, but I, we've had some gift baskets over the years. Okay, you know, I'm thankful for health food. Okay, I'm, I'm grateful for that. But man, when I walked in and I saw a bag of Kit Kat bars in that basket. <laughs> And I saw little containers of Coca-Cola. And I saw a bag of Doritos. I'm grateful for the bananas. Thank for the bananas. But man, I want to tell you something. I just felt God's anointing all over that gift basket. And um, but but nearly no joke. We're so touched by that. So Debbie, thank you so much uh, for your your kind gift, and that meant so much to us. And and um, and again, all your kindness, your giving. And I want to say this because I want to jump in the message. It's this morning. It's all about Jesus. And and um, you know what? This ties in because Pastor Tony mentioned that sometimes we give. And um, I was going to wait till tonight, but I'm going to go with this now because he mentioned sometimes we give and we wonder is is it making a difference? I want you to know something. Uh, your giving is making a huge difference. Every month we get a check from Freedom Life Church. And that check, not half of it, not three quarters. I don't take out, okay, that's a little bit for golf money there, whatever. And um, But it all goes toward missions, every dime of it. And I wanted to see quickly uh, where some of your money goes. Because without even realizing it, uh, the last year, actually several years, you've been going to Zimbabwe, Africa. You've been going to all over Romania. And you've been going all over India. So I want to give you, some, uh, let's say, a picture paint a thousand words. Uh, the first picture, quick, where your money goes. This is one night altar call in Zimbabwe, Africa. And uh, we take some of your funds and funnel it towards Zimbabwe. Uh, we have church plant crusades there every year. We buy property. We build a church. We dig a well. And, um, and uh, we go to villages and, and, and where there are unreached people and have a crusade. We have a, a director of operations in Zimbabwe, Africa. And who directs all the ministry there. But So that's in Zimbabwe. And uh, the hunger there is immense. And uh, next picture. This is also in Zimbabwe. Uh, that's my wife. 
wife, not the one in the clown suit, but but the one uh, uh, to the a little bit to the the right there. And uh, every night we have a, a kids' crusade, and uh, that that's early. It'll grow every night before the night crusade. We're seeing hundreds of young people come to know Jesus Christ, and we bring teams with us, and and uh, that will head up our kids' crusades, and and uh, that happens every night. Uh, uh, next picture. Uh, this is happening all over Romania. You're a part of this. We're now on a Sunday at God Church property. We're putting in solar water powered, uh, uh, solar powered water systems. Uh, we dig a well, and uh, we've done five in the last three months. Uh, two are happening right now. Uh, normally, we used to dig a well, and uh, the women often gather water, and they, they get up at two, three in the morning, and, and they'll pump that water. But what happens here is it's clean water, and there are 10 spigots. Uh, you woke up this morning. You didn't wake up and go like this. You turn the spigot. And now in remote villages, a, a woman can wake up and take her bucket and turn the spigot and get clean water all over Zimbabwe, Africa. That's what you're giving to. That's what you're giving to. So that's Zimbabwe, Africa. Uh, uh, next picture. Uh, this, uh, this is also Zimbabwe. We go in public schools in Zimbabwe. That's a public school assembly in Zimbabwe, Africa. So we go there. We go spontaneous during the days. In this one village, we just drove in and said to the headmaster, the principal, uh, can we talk to your young people about Jesus? He said, give me 10 minutes. In 10 minutes, that happened. And the principal looked at me as I walked up and uh, to speak, he whispered and said, remember, tell my children how to be born again. The principal said that. So we're seeing young people uh, touch, and we bring supplies. That's your giving. That's all you're giving. Next picture. I'm almost done. This is in Romania. Now, now take a quick look at that really quick. Now you can you take that picture off as quick. You take that one off, and and uh, and there's a, you can just t put the next one up. I'll explain it. And uh, listen, uh, because you're online, those are children from India who will never know her, their earthly mother or father. They'll know their mother, but not their father. Those are, were kids all born out of trafficking. And so uh, we've been going there for years, and what you help us do every year, we begin a youth uh, camp every October for children born out of trafficking. Uh, little ones up to 18 years of age. They're getting saved, baptized in the Spirit, and our dream is for the next year, listen, the first kid from the slums to Bible college to study for the ministry. That's what you're doing in Zimbabwe, Africa. And we're also building a building right now in Calcutta uh, 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 that will be an outreach center to reach children in the slums. These are kids born out of trafficking. And so God's moving in India in, in a great, great way. And uh, these are young people. Some of you are going to meet next year from the orphanage in Romania that we're heavily involved in. And uh, we know them all by name. We feel like they're ours and we miss them so much. And, and uh, matter of fact, the, the, the boy, second row to the far left, that Novi, he'll actually, he turns 18, he's growing up, uh, well, as of 18 years of age, he'll be Novi Hubbard next year. Uh, we love Novi, so we love all those kids. Love, as We love them all as if they were our own. And uh, but uh, So in Romania, uh, uh, planting churches, the orphanage, and, and blessing those children, and uh, we're just so grateful for them. Uh, that might be the last one. Is that the last one? I think it is. Okay, so what you're doing is you're giving the touch people in Zimbabwe, India, and Romania. And I want to say a huge, huge thank you for sowing into our lives. And by what you're giving, you're blessing the people around the world. Would you give yourselves a big hand clap right now? Because you're givers. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to go to God's word this morning. And you can thank you back to the palms. Where'd it go? Uh, we're going to go to God's word. It's Matthew 22. If you have a Bible, I know what time it is. It's all good. Relax. Matthew 22. Can you get a verse number one? And I want you to open your heart. Now, you that are watching online, uh, we're glad you're watching this morning. And uh, just open up your Bible, open up your heart. Matthew 22 1 says this Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servant to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. 
that he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I prepare my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything's ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and they went off. One was field, another was business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet's ready, but those I invited do not deserve to come. So go to the street corners. So the servants went out in the streets and gathered all the people they could find. Let me paraphrase that safe this morning. The servants went out in the streets of Lewisburg and Milton, Pennsylvania, and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked him, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie a man in foot, throw him outside in the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Hey, Greg, it's Palm Sunday. What's this? This parable was given right after Palm Sunday. In the 21st chapter of Matthew, Jesus rides on a donkey into Jerusalem. And my friend, they're, they're crying out as like we sang and saw on the video, Hosanna. They're saying, save us, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And as you heard this morning, they thought and hoping some will rescue them from the tyranny of their time. But Jesus came as king of kings riding on that donkey. Lord, not to overthrow a government, but to overthrow the power of the devil in our lives. And so Jesus rides in a donkey into that city. And when he arrives there, uh, imagine uh, in that chapter three, he turns over the, the, the money changers' tables and curses a fig tree and he's speaking to them. And then it goes in the 22nd chapter. We're talking the season of Palm Sunday. And the one that came into Jerusalem to be crowned as king, my friend, he shares a parable about another king that represents the king himself. The parable of the wedding banquet. Now the day's coming, friends, uh, when there's going to be what's known as the marriage supper of the Lamb. And if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will be present in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb. But what the parable teaches us, the central teaching of the parable is simply this. To be at the wedding banquet of the king, you must be wearing the right clothes. No one will be at that wedding banquet. Let me say this. No one in Milton or Lewisburg will ever be found in heaven wearing the wrong clothes. It was a church in Leesburg, Virginia. Your pastor is dearly loved there. And, um, and they, they love his ministry. And we were there on Palm Sunday a few years back uh, when people lined up at the, the morning to accept the Lord. And, and there was a woman to my, my right that was sobbing, people with her. And I went down and met her, uh, maybe mid-30s or whatever, a couple had brought her, and she was sobbing. Seconds earlier, she accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. And uh, the biggest moment to anybody's life is the moment to accept Christ as your Savior. And uh, her friends that brought her said they were sobbing, so excited, and said, can you believe this? Uh, my, my, my friend that, that we brought, she accepted Jesus. And, and uh, she said, but this morning, she said, we called her to pick her up. She said, I'm not going to go. She said, we invited her from, from months. And she said, I promise I'll go. But when they called her that morning, she said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to come, I can't. They said, why? You've told us for months you're coming. She said, because I realize it's Palm Sunday, and uh, although I don't go to church, she said, I don't have the right clothes to wear. They said what you would say to her. They, they said, we don't care what you wear. We get modesty, we get that, but, but we don't care what you wear. We just want you to come. Our church will love you. That's, that's your, you're, you're the most loving church you've been to. You guys are incredible. You would have loved on that woman if she came to wearing a burlap back and someone say amen. amen. And so she said, I, I didn't have the right clothes. And she, and, and she says, but I, I came. I, I can't remember what she wore that morning, but she looks fun. Can you believe this? She almost didn't come 
because she thought she had the right clothes, but what she wore didn't matter. Having said that, I'm saying this. The day is coming very, very soon where the only thing that's going to matter are the clothes that you're wearing. Uh, Miss Pump Sunday, it doesn't matter, jeans, t-shirt, a suit, a tie. Listen, we're living, it doesn't matter now. But I promise you, the moment's coming soon where the only thing that will matter is that when you died or when Jesus returned, did you leave this world with the right clothes on? The Bible talks about garments of salvation and robes of righteousness. Revelation 19 talks about how the bridegroom gave his bride fine linen to wear and, uh, uh, and, uh, and, uh, has come, made herself ready, fine linen, bright and clean was given to wear. And, uh, and so when you accept Jesus as Savior, well, I'm not, well, I'm not talking being religious. I'm not talking popping the church, whatever. I'm saying that when you receive Jesus, he gives you a new set of clothes that will last for all eternity. They're called wedding clothes. Garments of salvation, robes of righteousness. If you're in this room and you've accepted Jesus, he sees you right now as a high school kid, as an adult wearing a garment of salvation. And I'll say, you say, Greg, well, if no one goes to heaven without those clothes, how do I get them? Because please hear me. My friend, nobody, some say, Greg, preach, sweat, spit, do your deal, whatever. But when I die, we're all going to get to heaven. Don't believe that lie from the pit of hell. Listen, God wants all people to be saved. But you must be a follower of Jesus. So how do I get those Palm Sunday clothes? How do I get that garment of salvation? What should I know about the garment of salvation? And the first one is this. If dying with the right clothes on, spiritual clothes, are, are that important? Some lessons. And the first one is the availability of that garment. Uh, you know, we all dress different, different styles. Uh, I love golf shirts uh, because they're easy to sweat in. And uh, not because of golf, because I'm a bad golfer or whatever. And, um, but, and, but, but just, you know, you've got your style. You ever go to the store, your favorite store of choice or, or online shopping, and, uh, and all of a sudden you go to order and it comes out uh, no longer in stock? Is that not a work of the devil? I mean, have you ever gone to your favorite store and, and you're looking at the rack, whatever, and, uh, and, and you're thinking, are you kidding me? They say that's discontinued. I want you to hear this. The wedding garment of Jesus will never, ever, ever be discontinued. It's always in season. It's always in style. Uh, we're, we're coming into season. Uh, we transition to lighter color clothes sometimes. And uh, whatever, uh, you know, the, whatever, winter season. Listen, the garment of salvation, it's available to absolutely everybody. Second Corinthians six or First Corinthians six nine says this: Don't you know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral. Listen to this list: sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with other men, thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And how about this? And that is what some of you were. How many are glad that you're not what you used to be because of God's grace? You let the king enter into your life. It, it says this, but you were washed, sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. So this wedding garment, it's available to everybody, church. In Zimbabwe, Africa, available to everybody. Uh, never does somebody come to Jesus and some, an angel says, we're sorry, we're out of stock right now. Can you hook up next Easter? I got news for you. There's a, a supply room in heaven that's got your name on it. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, God has a robe with your name on it because nobody loves you like Jesus does. So this, this, this garment, it's available to the most wicked I'm talking those. You look at that list of all those sins. It's for every single person. 
We've all sinned against God. And God in mercy sent his son, King Jesus, riding on that donkey on his way to the cross to pay the price for the sins of the world. So the wedding garment available to absolutely everybody. Stay with me. Available, but distributed only by invitation. Now, what do you mean by that? I'm glad you asked. Some say, Greg, you know what? Preach, sweat, spit. I've got my Palm Sunday uh, routine and whatever. Listen, uh, Greg, I'll get saved whenever I want to. Let me say this. No one come to Jesus whenever they want to. They were watching online right now that says, look, you know, listen, okay, I get this, you know, whatever. Look, I'll get around to it whenever I want to. Nobody comes to Jesus and gets their wedding garment whenever they want to. Because John 6, teaches that no man or no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. And I will raise them up at the last day. So how does someone come to Christ? It's only by the tug, the draw of the Spirit. Salvation is always God's idea before it's our idea. And so, when, when, and, and, and a great example is Felix in the book of Acts 24, when Paul talked about judgment and righteousness and, and self-control, Felix was under conviction. And Felix looked at Paul the preacher and said, you know what, Paul, why don't you stop, just shut up for now. When I find it more convenient, I will send for you. Do you and I have any idea about those who can walk through hell's fires this morning? Saying, dear God, what have I done? I, I, I waited until it was too late. How many folks do you and I know that say, well, when, when I find it more convenient. Listen, that's what the Bible tells us. That now today is a day of salvation. I was telling your pastor and sister, Pastor Alicia, at lunch, uh, my Bible college best friend for all these years was in California uh, two days ago vacationing with his son. I talked to his wife late last night and she sobbed on that phone and she shared, she's a woman of God. Her husband, Bobby, my roommate, a man of God. They were in California visiting the oldest son of the family on their lunch in the mountains in some little vacation area. They're walking out to their car and Bob said, wait a minute. He collapsed forward and was gone in a second. And one second ushered into the presence of Jesus Christ. And you know what? We can rejoice this morning. The, our hearts are broken and the sorrow is real. But what a joy to die with the right clothes on. But the one that says, you know what, Greg, look at, uh, again, look at, I've got this and I, I, I'll do it on my time. You're listening to the devil's lies. I'm not asking, are you kidding me? Look, at I'm 62. I, I'm done asking people. I don't go to Zimbabwe and ask people. I beg people, man. No, I plead with people. I'm looking in the eyes of Indian young people, and I'm begging them. Let, listen, we don't go to India and bash Hindu gods. We go lift up the name that's above every other name. In the name of Jesus, he draws people. He, honey, my too intense this morning, a little bit too intense. Okay. He draws people. That's what Jesus does. Okay, back to myself. Listen, don't buy this. That, that we can just do this whenever we want to. It's only by when you're invited by the Spirit of God. And today, if you've tuned in or in this house, God's drawing you by His Spirit. So number one, it's available to everybody, but for invitation only. Uh, listen, number two, simple. If it's wedding garment, it's so important as it is. And the parable I read, the central focus is a guy that was there who wasn't wearing the right clothes. You're kidding yourself if you think you're going to heaven with the wrong clothes on. If you do not have a garment of salvation, I don't care how good of a preacher is at your funeral. I don't care how good the potato salad and iced tea will be at your funeral. Nobody gets to heaven wearing the wrong clothes. Available to everybody, but okay, great, okay, but how do I receive this? I'm glad you asked. How does somebody in Lewisburg slash Milton, how do you receive this wedding garment? And Paul talks about it in Ephesians, it's received by faith. 
It's by grace even saved uh, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. I'm not asking you, do you have faith? We all have faith. What matters is, is where we place our faith. When the storm was on the waters of Galilee, the Lord didn't ask the disciples, uh, you know, did you have any faith? He said, where is your faith? Some it's in good works. Some it's, it's in religion. Some it's, uh, some it's whatever. But our faith must be in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where every Christian yells amen. Come on, somebody. Listen, our faith must be in Jesus. So we receive this garment by faith. Also, to receive the garment, I think this might be good news. To receive the garment, you need to know what the price is. It's absolutely free, church. You know what we've been taught in America? In, in some areas, it's true. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Is there better news than the gospel? Is there better news than 2,000 years ago, God's son shed his blood on a cross for your sins and mine? Is it, is it not good news that Jesus paid a debt that we can never, never pay? The message of the gospel, the gospel garment for us, it's absolutely free. And we stumble over that sometimes. You see, you're givers. Not every giver is a good receiver. But to come to know Jesus, you must be a good receiver and realize you cannot earn this. Some say, Greg, you know, again, preach the last bit. Look, at, I'll take care of this. This garment is free. Years ago, we're in West Virginia for meetings and uh, first time we were ever there in Wheeling years ago. It, it's lunch. We're at this restaurant, this lunch buffet deal. And uh, I didn't know anybody. We're, we're there having lunch, Robert and I. And, the, you know, you finish eating and there comes a time you want the check. Are you with me on that? You want to pay. And, uh, and so, uh, you, you, and the place is kind of busy. And uh, we had a, I had a hard time getting the attention of our server. Wonderful young lady. And did a great job. She was busy. But you ever been there? And you're sitting down and, and uh, you, you, you're kind of, you, you're the charades. And you're kind of, you, you ever, you just, you're, you're looking and, and, and just, you know, trying to get the, and just, you know, whatever. And, and uh, then she looks and then you play more charades. You go, you go, what does this mean? What does this mean? This mean, now if you don't know what that means, you're going to start paying the check once in a while. Come on. And, uh, but, but this doesn't mean autograph. This means the check. She finally walks over after quite a while. Quite a while. It became awkward. I'm like throwing grenades when I get her attention. She says, can I help you? I said, yes. I said, enjoy the buffet, but we, we, we want to go on. We need to leave and get on with our lives. She says, well, can I help you? Yes. The check. She said, that will not be necessary. I said, it will be necessary. I said, I, I don't, she could have been more clear. I, I said, ma'am, I, I didn't, she says, it's, it's okay. I said, well, ma'am, I just, what, she could have been clear. She's, she said, sir, somebody paid for your lunch, covered your meals and the tip. I said, well, wait, I don't, I don't, we're not from here. I don't, I don't know anybody. She said, sir, I got tables to wait on. <laughs> it's paid for. Now, when I go to a restaurant and I eat and I pay, it's just Robert. I, I, I walk out just normal. You, you pay, you leave a nice tip. Leave a nice tip. Somebody say amen. Good tip. And um, I, so and I just kind of walk out, whatever. Just I have a weird walk. I kind of lumber. You just kind of a weird walk, you know, lumber, whatever. And, uh, but when somebody pays for your meal and you don't know who did it, everything changes. Everything slows in slow motion. I get up and I'm looking. Everything now is a, a look around the room. Do I know anybody? I wipe my mouth very, very slowly. Then I, I, I don't see anybody. And then I do the, the fake key drop. You see, oh, I drop my keys and I go down looking all over the room. And, and then when you walk out, you walk out weird. You walk out kind of stiff-legged and kind of awkward and just looking around the room and trying to act like nothing's unusual. Then you get out of the parking lot and say, Robin, run as fast as you can before whatever I'm going to kill you. Do we not struggle with that which is free? 
Who am I talking to this morning? You don't think you're worth God paying your bill. I'm, tell, I'm not promoting your sin, but I'm telling you this. On your worst day, nobody loves you like Jesus. I'm not magnifying your sin, but I magnify the power of the love of God that sent Jesus to that cross. That Remember the song I wrote years ago? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. I wrote that song, it went ballistic. There's somebody breathing in this crowd. And God's saying to you this morning, I have paid the price for your wedding garment. But somebody says, you know what, Greg, that's nice and the poor, whatever. But Greg, I'll cover it. Now, I don't think so. You know, in our travels and we're in airports a lot, and I'm always amazed at people that go clothes shopping in airports. Have they not heard of Ross's and Kohl's and, and TJ Maxx? I mean, really? Yes, uh, yes, I like that tie. It's, I like that tie for $199.95. I think I like that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we often transfer through Munich, Germany. In Munich, this, I'm not making this up, there's a huge store to buy pots and pans. <laughs> Who's traveling through Europe? And you got your, you know, I've been looking for some new flatware, whatever this, whatever. Let, let's get, let, I want to just uh, give a bigger, a, a bigger you know, pot, whatever. Are you nuts? <laughs> you ever go to a store in Pennsylvania? You like that garment, that whatever, and you, you look at the tag and it, it says whatever, and uh, it, the price is, I don't think so, whatever. Let me tell you this. You and I cannot afford one thread on the robe of righteousness God has for you. It, it required the blood of God's own son. The price of that robe, it's out of our league. I don't care. Your last night might be gates. Nobody breathing could ever pay for one shred of the robe of salvation. That's why Jesus says, I paid the price in full. Somebody say, thank God, the garment is free. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Craig, I want to receive this. Well, yeah, you receive by faith, and thank God it's free, but you need to know this. It fits. It fits. You ever try something on, and you just, you just, you, I, I just don't like the places that try close on where I like it when the, the mirror's inside the changing room. Because you walk outside, there's always some guy sitting there waiting for us, looking at you like you're, you know, whatever. You're in front of the mirror, you're looking at yourself, you know, whatever. And, and uh, you, you kind of, whatever, and, and just kind of, just whatever. I mean, it's, it's awkward. One time, in, our first time ever in India. I, I, I didn't bring the right clothes. And we're in this church, uh, the Easter, we were there one Easter. They had over 40,000 people on Easter. Incredible church, shut down. I mean, I didn't bring one tie with me. And the pastor said, well, you know, you have to have ties. And, and I, I just brought, you know, because I sweat. I've got the gift of perspiration. And I said, I sweat. Whatever. He said, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll try to buy you shirts. And we'll, we have tailors. We'll make you shirts and ties. I'm thinking, I'm in trouble here. Because Robin told me to pack enough shirts. I didn't listen to my wife. Always listen to your wife and the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. <laughs> and the pastor said to me, he said, don't worry, we'll get shirts and ties. He says, you can borrow one of my sport jackets. I, I, and so I looked him square in the eye. <laughs> and I said, I, I don't think that's going to work, Pastor. I, I don't see how that works. And he looked up at me and said, no, it's okay. God will make a way. No, I think with this, this is even impossible for God. Do you ever wear something and you, you put it on and it just, it's just kind of, I can't preach like this. Do you ever, you ever wear something or, or just, I mean, just, that, that's, that's, that, I, I don't like this look. I don't like this. I know nowadays and you're, you got the short pants and the, the, the bright, you know, brown shoes and I just, I, I can't do this. And somebody's saying in Pennsylvania, you know what, Greg, preach, sweat, spit, do your deal. I'm not coming to Jesus because he doesn't fit. It doesn't work for me. And I hear what you're saying, but can I say this? It's just a little bit of confusion. Those are the devil's clothes you're talking about. 
It's his clothes that are restrictive and, and, and you just limit your movement and, and, uh, and they, they just kind of bind you up and they're just, they're just uncomfortable, whatever. But when you put on Jesus, you know a freedom like you've never known ever before. They ever poured out a piece of clothing and it's like, my gosh, this, this was like tailor-made. Listen, the moment you accept Jesus, nothing will ever fit you so good like the moment to accept Christ as Savior. I've watched drug addicts and, and crack addicts that tried everything, but when they put on Jesus, the Bible's true. He, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed, the Bible says. <laughs> nothing... Nothing fits like when you receive Jesus Christ and you put on your garment of salvation purchased by the blood that Christ shed upon that cross. Greg, it isn't a big deal. Nobody gets into heaven without the right clothes on. Uh, imagine this, we receive it, but this, this garment has power. I'm just, I'm almost done here. Uh, uh, Rome, or Second Corinthians 517. Uh, uh, this, this garment changes us. Uh, if anyone's a Christ, a new creation has come and the old is gone and the new is here. I asked it a while ago. Aren't you glad you're not what you were? Jesus Christ changed you. He changed you, man. He's, I'm 17 and Jesus changed my life. My former pro basketball player father, 6'7", tender and gentle. Jesus saved my dad. He saved my mother. You know my mother. Oh, Mother Hubbard. You know my mother. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. There's power. When you accept Jesus, he makes you brand new, church. He makes you a new creation. But, but Greg, uh, Greg you, don't, you don't know my past. Look, at, I'm not minimizing your past, but Jesus can change you and forgive you and shackles will fall off of you and you'll know joy like you've never, ever known before when you come to Christ. It also covers us. Almost done. It's been, go back into Genesis where Adam and Eve sinned. And they're both naked, recognizing they're naked. What do they do? They run into the bushes and they made their own coverings. People in Pennsylvania are exhausted this morning of trying to make their own coverings. Remember when God called the Adam in the garden and, and, and God realized what was happening and, and God had an animal killed because there's no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And God made skins to cover Adam and Eve. But 2,000 years ago, when King Jesus rode that donkey into Jerusalem, he says, I'm going to the cross to lay down my life. I'll make a covering. I can cover all of Milton. I can cover all of Lewisburg. Listen, this, this gospel covers us. The shame is gone. Some of the kids in that picture, the, the shame, what they deal with and for them to realize that Jesus makes you brand new, a new creation. It covers us. It, it changes us. And the last thing is this that we're done. You're still with me? Somebody say a big amen. Come on. Listen carefully. You watch the guy line. Don't you dare go to the fridge for more cereal. Just drink the milk you got in your, cup, your bowl and you get back to it when we're done. Do not leave your chair. You can kick on that soft music I played this morning and recorded before church. Could you do that, sir? I was here at 4 o'clock in the morning preparing this piano. Just that, just if you could play what I did this morning. I appreciate that so much. Let's wait till it comes on. I got that nice soft touch, don't I? You can turn it up a little bit, so you can, you can maybe tad just come on, turn that puppy. No, 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 keep going to the to the right, to the right. That's good. That's good. That's good. It's good that we laugh and goof, and we, we need to. We need to. A, a merry heart is like like medicine. We need to laugh and chuckle and. Was it Mary Poppins or someone said that a little spoonful of sugar helps the? Because this is going to be a toughie as we close. It's available. It's free for everybody. Jeffrey Dahmer, that name ring a bell? The chapel in that prison. I'm not going to, because of young ears in the room, talk about what Dahmer did. But Jeffrey Dahmer was beaten to death in a prison cell. 
His crying for so, so heinous, so demonic and so dark. The chaplain in the prison said that Jeffrey Dahmer had a legitimate, sincere encounter with Jesus Christ before his death. They said he wept and repented, was horrified over what he, had, what he did. Terrible acts of violence that, that would gag a demon. The filth that he was involved in that wrecked lies. But he whispered that name that's above every other name. And the garment God has for you, God had a garment that said Jeffrey Dahmer. He said, this chaplain, I've been in jail ministry for years, and I know the games people play, the con games. He said, I'm convinced that Jeffrey Dahmer had a legitimate encounter with Christ. He's repentant and broken, remorseful for his sins. He was reading his Bible, studying and praying and seeking God, and was beaten to death by other inmates. This salvation is real, man. It's real. Because the absence of the garment eternal implications in the parable we're done with this when the king threw that banquet and the king arrived when the king arrived it, it, it tells us that there were people that were there back in those days everybody at a wedding wore the same clothes because back in those days there were wedding crashers and they would go to weddings to eat the free food that's what they do and so to identify who was part of the wedding, everyone wore the same clothes. At the wedding marriage of the Lamb, my friend, those people in Zimbabwe you saw getting saved, those kids in India, they'll be wearing the same garments you and I are wearing around that table. And the king is going to walk through the door. Oh, gosh. That wasn't like, I, I'm not having a problem up here. I just got blessed there for a second. It's okay. What a moment when every tribe, nation, and tongue gathers at that table wearing the same clothes. But the king arrived in the parable. I'm done. Listen to this now. He noticed a man there not wearing the right clothes. He noticed a man there not wearing. Don't think you're going to squeak in with the wrong clothes on. Doesn't matter what your last name is. Your daddy could be a deacon. You might have a key to every closet in the church. And I'm not talking about hand-me-downs. God doesn't give hand-me-downs. He gives you your own personal garment when you accept Jesus Christ as Savior. God doesn't have grandsons and granddaughters. He doesn't have nieces and nephews. All God has are sons and daughters. And some say, you know what, Greg? Uh, you know, look, we're all God's kids. No, we're not. No, no, Greg, the whole world, you know, you got the whole, we're all God's kid. No, we're all God's creation. But to become a child of God, you must go through Christ the Son. He noticed a man there, and it tells us, and I'm done with this, time is ticking, and Pastor Tony said, if you could end by four, that would be great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually end right now. The king walked over to the man and said, it's, it's Bible, we read it a moment ago. The people eating, laughing, enjoying the fellowship. And the king approaches the table and says, excuse me, sir. Who let you in not wearing the right clothes? And he called him friend. He called him friend. Jesus is the friend of sinners. And, and so imagine, that what you say, Greg, well, look, at, I'm going to get in. It's not going to be a big deal. Listen, when somebody leaves the world with the wrong clothes on, I end with this. Number one, there'll be a showdown. You're going to have to face God. You will stand before God. It'll be a face-to-face. -face. Nobody squeaks in, well, Greg, okay, you're all the evangelists, you know, you're sweating, spitting, whatever. I'm not trying to mimic somebody. This is just, I've been trying to stop spitting for 36 years. I'm sorry, but this is who I am. I'm telling you, you're going to have to face him. Well, well Greg, you know what? No, I just, I, no, you'll face him. It says it in Revelation 20, uh, the great white throne. How uh, anyone whose name I found written in the book of life was thrown in the fire. The showdown will be at the great white throne judgment. Everyone in Milton, Lewisburg that rejected Jesus, that doesn't have the right clothes of salvation, you will be at that judgment. And the vortex in, it's over. It's guilt. 
And again, that whole judgment isn't to be unmerciful, but actually that whole judgment is God's mercy because God doesn't want you to miss heaven. And at that great white throne, the books are open. Why? So you can see it isn't that God's a mean God, but we've rejected the gift of God. So that'll be a showdown. And then there's going to be shock. It's Bible. The man was speechless. He's saying, Pastor Deb, okay, we got no more exception. And when the Lord approached him, the king, the king, the king, the king, the man was speechless, church. And I'm telling you, there's some whose mouths who today mock and cheer and ridicule. Their jaw will fall into the ground where they stand before the one who rode on that donkey 2,000 years ago. Not as suffering Jesus, but risen, powerful, victorious King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus! And then separation. The king said, look, tie him up, throw him out to utter darkness. It's over. People that die without Jesus, people who leave this world without the right clothes on, can I say this? They go to hell for all eternity. And it breaks the heart of God. He doesn't want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Don't you buy this thing that God's kind of mean and God's kind of, people ask us because we travel. I bet you Pastor Tony's got this. You guys travel. What's God doing out there? What's he doing? He's seeking and saving the lost. He does it through water projects and, and retreats. He does it by baskets and boxes of food to people in Milton Lewisburg. He seeks and he goes after people, church. And on this Palm Sunday, I got to end here on this Palm Sunday, that 2021 may be forever recorded in heaven's history books that God is coming after you. He's coming after you. I'm done with this and we're going to pray. The pastor was in Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to close in prayer with this, I promise. What a person came, a guest speaker, and gave a testimony, and they said that they were in Australia at a place called King's Crossing. When they were, it's a busy area, lots of people, a, a park, and and uh, tourists. And he said it was there when somebody grabbed his pant leg really hard. He looked down. There was a a, a homeless guy, disheveled, full beard, looked terrible hair matted down and lying there with withered paralyzed legs he's just lying there in filth on the cement he looked down and, and the guy said he said if you died by midnight tonight do you know where you'd spend eternity sir that's what the homeless guy said the guy stepped back freaked out walked away quick and it was within a week back in America those words wouldn't let him go and that man accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and began serving Jesus some months go by same church in Georgia a woman came and gave her testimony and she happened to be in Georgia unrelated to anyone else and uh, was in Australia rather and, and, and had some free time and, and, and there was a, a King's Crossing and walking and she said I felt somebody tug on my coat and there was a homeless beggar a, a paralyzed man disheveled and kept he tugged in and said she said what do you want he said don't be frightened but I got one question if you died by midnight tonight do you know why you spend eternity? She ran as fast as she could. It took a little bit longer, but those words were like a dagger. She too accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. Serving Jesus. Some more months go by. Same church. Another guest. I want to share how Christ changed my life. I'm in Australia at King's Crossing. You get the story. Somebody tugged my pant leg. And the church, he died by midnight. Do you know? He said uh, those words. And he said, I accepted Jesus. The pastor said he sat there. Who wrote the pastor wrote this? He said, I was in shock. How could this be? Three people disconnected, but their stories are so similar. Some years go by, and that pastor from Georgia is now in Australia at a conference for people in ministry.
had some free time in his schedule and said, I think I'll check out that place called King's Crossing. This is where you get ahead of me in the story. He walked down to King's Crossing and visualized their testimonies and saw all the people and remember what they said and people walking pigeons and, and whatever. When somebody grabbed the pant on one of his legs and just, just pulled it quick, he said in an instant before the man could speak, he stepped back and said, I know what you're going to say to me. He said, that poor guy must have had a heart attack lying on the, on the ground. He says, what do you mean you're not? He says, I know you. I know what you're going to say to me. He said, what? You're going to ask me, aren't you? If I died by midnight, do I know where I spend eternity? He said, that man began to in the quiver. He said, I can't. How, 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 how did you know that? I'm a pastor in America. And over the course of a year, three people came through my church and gave testimonies not connected other than their story about being in this area and a, a, a paralyzed homeless guy tugged their legs and asked that question. They all accepted Jesus and they all in the ministry. He began to weep, he said. He said, I can't believe this. He said, when Jesus saved me years earlier, he said, Lord, I've got nothing to give you. I've got nothing. God said, yes, you do. He says, you crawl on the dirty pavement of King's Crossing. And you tug on the garments of those I send by you. And you ask them, if they die by midnight, do you know where you spend eternity? He said, sir, I've been tugging on the coats of men and women for many years. I've never known if it's ever made one difference. But now I know, and I will continue to tug until Jesus calls me home. There's somebody. There's somebody watching online in this room. And God's saying to you, I'm tugging, I'm coming for you. I want your attention. I want to speak to you. I want to speak to you. And I'm asking you, on Palm Sunday 2021, I'm begging you, don't ignore the tug. Because on the other side of the tug are a set of garments of salvation forgiveness and grace and mercy you that are watching again I'm not asking I am begging do not miss out on the gift that Jesus Christ the king yeah he rode on the donkey that Palm Sunday they nailed him to a tree but a resurrection morning he rose up from the dead he's alive in 24 7 in 24 7 by the power of the spirit this is what he does. Let's stand all over this room. I've kept you way too long this morning. It's all my fault. Actually, it's your fault. You're nice people. It's all your fault. If you were not nice, I'd be gone a half an hour ago having, having chicken and potatoes. Can I ask you a favor to close your eyes and bow your head? Now, God can do whatever he wants. He can, he can heal your body. He can speak to you about entering the work of the ministry. And somehow, this is kind of an offshoot. I, I just sense there's somebody in the room that God's calling you to the ministry this morning. And you would do whatever God tells you to do. You know who you are. But I'm going to count the three this morning. I've dug a narrow path. I've dug, the, the path is this. Are you wearing the right clothes this Palm Sunday? Have, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you know that you know that Jesus Christ is your Savior? Have you received him and received what the Bible refers to? as garments of salvation, a robe of righteousness, only given to those who repent of their sin and receive Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as their Savior. If you're already following Jesus, living for Christ, and repented of your sins, and you, by God's grace and mercy, you're wearing those wedding clothes, don't raise your hand to make me feel good. It, it's all good, really. 
but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just ask you, you that are watching online and those in this room, I'm going to count the three. Yeah, it sounds like being dramatic, but how do you, you know, you say, Greg, you're, you're over, how do you over-dramatize somebody dying and going to hell without Jesus? I, I'm not a good enough communicator to know how to do that. How, how do you soften the blow of somebody dying without Jesus? I don't know how to do it. But I know this, the love of God is loose in this room this morning. And God sees you, and God knows you, and God loves you this morning. And you in this room, it must watch the outline. The moment I say three, if you say, Greg, I, I've never accepted Jesus. Maybe you did, but you're, you've drifted. You're so far from God. You change clothes, man. You just, you, you just, been, the moment I say three, if you say, Greg, I'm here today and I'm not right with God. Whether for the first time to make a commitment or to make a recommitment, the moment I say three, if you say, Great, today I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. Remember, I'm not asking you, I'm begging you today to lift a hand up high enough where I could see it. It is, if it's not well with your soul, if you're not right with God and you know who you are, listen, this isn't because God's mad at you. This is because God loves you this morning. It's His goodness that brings people to repentance. Moment I say, three at home same thing type an in or in the room lift a hand up when I say three if today you're not sure but you want to walk out of this service with the right clothes on on the count of three and we turn it back to Pastor Tony here we go one draw people right now Jesus Holy Spirit move all over this room right now two Make it real, God. Shake somebody up this morning. Have mercy on somebody, God. Soften a heart that's watching at home right now, God. Work a miracle right now. Draw, tug, let somebody feel the power of heaven's tug right now, I pray. Do it, Lord Jesus. Three, lift it, say, Greg, it's me. Anybody in this house, ma'am, God bless you. Anyone where I could see it, lift it up high. Say, Greg, it's me. Ma'am, God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Anybody else, listen, the love of God is all over this room. God bless you over here. The Lord is so faithful. Anybody else, maybe you didn't lift a hand up. You thought, well, Greg, I'm afraid. What if I'm the only one? Well, the good news is that you know now you wouldn't have been the only one if you didn't raise your hand a moment ago, but you already wish you had last call quickly slip it up right now and say Greg I want to walk out wearing the right clothes anyone else in this room this morning amen God bless you sir and those watching online God sees you right where you are I'm going to close in prayer right now but I'm going to ask a favor and this is so much selfish on my part. We never want to embarrass anybody. It's never an embarrassing thing to make a, a, a commitment to Jesus. And we're not going to call folks up with the platform up here and make you give a speech or sing a song. And we're not going to do that. But there's something about making a stand for Jesus. And uh, this is so much on my part because I, I want to shake your hand and pray with you. And as a closing prayer, the Bible says if we're not ashamed of him down here, he won't be ashamed of us up there. I want as an act of faith, uh, my three or four or five, I can't remember, but those that lifted their hands out, all I'm going to ask, if you raise your hand and if you didn't but wish you had, Quickly leave your seat right now and come to stand right here for closing prayer. I want you to quickly come right now. If you raise your hand a moment ago, we're going to close in prayer right here, right now. And uh, let's give a hand clap if they come right now. Come on. Uh, they're coming. Come on. Let's thank God out loud. Come on. Somebody shout to God right now. I want you to come. We're going to wait. I want you to come. The Lord is in this room. You're not going to be alone. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on. Anybody else? I want you to give this woman a big hand clap right now. Come on. Come on. The Lord is in this room. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. Guys, turn up that music, would you? Just turn that up, that up a little bit. Would you come get behind someone that's up here? Would you come get behind them right now? Let, let altar worker, staff, somebody, just, just get behind them right now, men and women. And we're going to close in prayer. We're going to close in prayer. And I want these that came up front and everybody in the room that, that would, as an act of faith and surrender, the lifting of hands is an act of surrender to the Lord. Can we lift up both hands up to Jesus all over this room right now? 
and with hands lifted to Jesus, the King of Kings, I want those that walked forward and everyone in the room and at home that will pray this out loud together with me. You that are already following Jesus, join in with us in this prayer. Hands are raised, but especially those that have made a step forward this morning. Pray this in faith after me. Here we go. Dear Jesus, I'm asking you right now to do what no one else can do. To come into my heart, forgive all my sins, and save my soul. On this Palm Sunday, I make my choice, and I choose you. I give you all my sin, and I give you myself. You are now my Lord. You are now my King, and heaven will be my eternal home. Thank you for the robe of salvation. I am now your child. You are my God. Help me to live for you now. To walk by your side. To never go back. To never look back. But to walk with you, Jesus, all the days of my life. And I thank you this morning for saving my soul. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a big old hand clap right now? Can we give God a big old hand clap right now?